close to midnight. Something evil's lurking from the dark. Under the moonlight, see a sight that almost stops your heart. You try to scream, but terror takes the sound before you make it. Give it to him, MJ. You start to freeze. And horror looks you right between your eyes. You're paralyzed. You hear the door slam and realize there's nowhere left to hide. Oh, my favorite time of year. What up, though? Happy Halloween to everyone. I never miss out on an opportunity to say something or play something from the greatest entertainer of all time, Michael Jackson. May he rest in peace. Happy Halloween to everyone. I'm recovering. I'm sure a lot of you follow me on social media saw that I was hosting the Buccaneers 2018 Halloween party. So shout out to everyone that allowed my crazy ass to host the party. Um, I know it's never going to be a party like mine again because my shit was lit. Lit, 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 lit. Thank you so much to everybody that came out. Thank you to my bad bunnies for pulling the fuck up and being some bad ass fucking bunnies. That shit was epic. Fucking epic. I'll never forget it a day of my life, man. That shit was so fun. Um, shout out to all the people that don't celebrate Halloween that talk so much shit about those of us that do. And most of these people that celebrate Halloween, that don't celebrate Halloween, excuse me, they celebrate Thanksgiving, they celebrate Christmas, and they celebrate Easter and all the other bullshit holidays that America has made up. But for some reason, they want to call Halloween the devil's holiday. Oh, you're worshiping the devil. What the fuck are you guys worshiping, huh? Those other holidays are bullshit. At least this one's fun. At least you get to get into character and, you know, put on makeup and and be a hoe if you want to be because I was a hoe this year. I ain't been a hoe in so long. It was so fun to get back to my hoe days. Um, but yeah, and, and, and the, the worst, the worst, the worst besides the Bible thumpers I have, like what they call it, worship, worship night or whatever on Halloween, are the people that talk shit about the girls that use it as an opportunity to be a hoe. So, why are you mad? Are you mad because you don't have a hoe? Are you mad because don't nobody want to be your hoe? Is that what you're mad about? I don't know because most of the men that are at the Halloween parties are there for the hoes. They are there for it. So keep your boring ass the fuck at home while the rest of us turn up for one night and have a fucking good time, man. Shout out to all the Halloween celebrators, man. This shit is fun. Halloween is fun. I don't care about the, the history of it. Nothing. I don't care at all i'm gonna dress up every year until i can't even when i'm old i'm gonna dress up it's just gonna happen and this year was man being a whole halloween is way more fun than being something else any type of whole costume bunnies 
fucking cats, rats. <laughs> I saw so much shit, man. Shout out to all the little kids that come out with it. The kids always have the dopest costumes, but some of you parents need to chill, okay? Your kid don't want to be future, bitch. Don't want to be none of the Migos. None of that. Let them be whatever they want to be. Stop trying to live through your fucking kids. Let them be kitty things. Aiden was Boba Fett this year. I don't even know who Boba Fett is, my nigga. I don't, you know, actually, I learned who Boba Fett is. I had to read a book with him about Boba Fett. Because the schools now, they try to be slick. And they say you can't be a character, you can't be a co in a costume that there's no book written about the, the character. So, of course, Aiden then found a, a damn book about Boba Fett. He had to write a book report about it just to be Boba Fett. That ain't just going too goddamn far, but I get it. They're trying to make him learn at the same time, but they actually taught me something because I didn't know who the fuck Boba Fett was. But apparently he's a good cop, is what Aiden told me. He's like a good cop in Star Wars. I don't know. I can't. I can't get into Star Wars. I don't. I don't know how y'all do it. I fall asleep like 15 minutes into every Star Wars movie, and Aiden be tapping me and shit like, "Wake up! The best part hasn't even happened yet." I'm like, "Man, watch out, Aiden." Just like I don't force him to watch grown up shit, he shouldn't force me to watch that shit either. But he does, and I watch. I try anyway. But today is actually Halloween. I can't believe I have a podcast on Halloween. This is so much fun. Um, I'm still recovering. I'm still hurting from Monday night. Yesterday, all my friends flew back home. I had to do hella airport runs and, and water runs and rehydration techniques because we fucking got drunk in a bitch Monday night. Everybody was lit and... So much fun but today is the real holiday today is like really for Aiden because I don't do anything on the actual Halloween I just take him out he likes to trick-or-treat he doesn't actually like to the trick or the treat of the holiday he just wants to stunt and show his costume so I'm gonna take him to a Halloween party on the block one of the neighbors has an annual Halloween party and then I'm gonna attempt to take him trick-or-treating he gets so fucking scary Aiden's so scary like he's really afraid of everything ghosts clowns spiders all of that shit he is running from it so i'm hoping that this year i can help him conquer some of his fears i tell him a thousand times it's all fake and then i will beat the shit out of anything that moves towards him but he just he's not fucking with it and he don't eat candy he gets all this fucking candy and he come home and put it right in the trash he not eating none of that shit and i wouldn't suggest you guys eat it anyways um Cause you gotta be careful people just shit ain't the same no more shit is nowhere near the same we all need to be careful tonight gotta turn this shit a little serious for a second but um i saw um on the news a little kid started shaking and, and going into convulsions and shit when he was trick-or-treating so his parents took him to the hospital and they checked his urine or his blood or something and he had meth in his blood and come to find out, one of the houses was handing out um, those fang teeth, you know, those Dracula fang teeth that all the kids love. And apparently the, the teeth, they put meth in the teeth. Like, what the fuck, my nigga? Like, is this really what we're doing? And I don't know why I'm surprised because, I mean, I'm sure all of you guys heard about the, 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 
there's probably 15 people that died in the last seven days. Um, some fucking idiots shot up a, a church, a synagogue, and killed a bunch of elderly people that survived. There was one of them survived the Holocaust and got murdered in a church shooting because of their religion, because they're Jewish. Then we got motherfuckers sending bombs to people because his life sucks and he's fucking sucking Trump's dick and, and, and doing whatever he thinks is going to please the orange bitch in office. Um, what else was going on? Donye Jones. Google Donye Jones. He's the son of Ferguson activists. Um, the son of a Ferguson activist. And he was found hanging from a tree. He was hung about a week ago. This is the shit that's happening in our country. A Navy sailor, Curtis Adams, was shot dead in San Diego after pulling over at 2 o'clock in the morning to help who he thought was a stranded motorist on the side of the 5 freeway. And it turns out the guy had just robbed and shot somebody else and took their car 10 minutes before that and was on, I don't know what he was doing on the freeway, but Curtis got out of the car. He had his girlfriend in the passenger seat. They saw a stranded car. He pulls over and gets out to try to help the guys, whoever it is, and they fucking killed him right in front of his girlfriend, just shot him and pulled off and left. He ended up getting arrested. I'm sure he wasn't, you know, shot or murdered because, you know, when you're white, you know, that doesn't happen to you. It only happens to black people that you get killed whenever you do something bad. Other people get brought in and, you know, and let, allowed to have their day in court. But, you know, us, we get shot for stealing bag of chips, for running from, from a cop. For anything that we do, everyone's afraid of us. Everyone fears their life when they see black skin for some reason. So everybody needs to be careful. And if I can't urge you to do anything else in life, I would urge you to carry a gun. Get a license to carry a gun. It's very important. Especially since I feel like they might try to take our rights from us very soon. But get a get a gun, man. I just, I saw... A drone, a drone, this is probably fake, but I saw a drone run up on a nigga with a 45 attached to the top of it and a bag on the bottom of it. And the nigga was talking through the drone. I didn't even know you could talk through drones. I didn't even know that shit. He was talking through the drone and telling the nigga to put his wallet and whatever money and shit he had on him inside the bag if he was going to get shot. And the dude thought it was fake. The nigga shot the gun at him. So the nigga put his money in his wallet and everything in the drone. was like, holy shit, you know? And then the nigga flew off and the dude looks up in the sky and it's just hella drones just flying around with guns on him. This shit is scary. I am concerned. And I have a kid in this, this country. I don't, I, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but arm yourselves. It's the best thing that you can do in these times because you just never know. It's a lot of fuck niggas going on, a lot of fuck shit going on. And, and I found out that I can't carry my gun on Aiden's school campus. You know, apparently that's against the law. So I don't carry my gun when I pick him up, but I got a bat. Brent bought me a bat. I don't know what the fuck a bat gonna do, but I mean, I, I'll bury bonds the shit out of one of you motherfuckers if I have to, but carry a gun and arm yourselves, but also be ready for whatever consequences come from pulling that trigger because we don't really, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not going to say we don't. I haven't seen any black person shoot somebody and say they feared their life or say they were standing their ground and then get off. I haven't seen that yet, but I mean, we're going to have to start trying some of this shit to see what happens.
because it keeps happening to us. So why the fuck not? Everybody's telling me to vote. I don't know the reasons to vote. I truly don't. I have asked a couple of people to come on my podcast to explain to me why I should vote. I haven't gotten a response yet. I'm hoping that I get that call any minute now because I'm waiting on one of my friends to join me to explain to me why I should vote. I actually thought about voting, just doing it because, I mean, what could it hurt? It couldn't hurt anything. It takes my time, but it couldn't hurt. But I don't know the reasons that it helps. So I really don't feel like wasting my time going out and voting. Like, for what, my nigga? For what? Nothing has changed. I've been on this earth 43 years. My mother is 68, I believe. Uh, Nothing has changed since she's been here, since I've been here, and before us. It seems like people are, are so big and focused on Republicans and Democrats when black people's lives have been fucked regardless of who's in office. Regardless of who's who, who the majority of the senators are and Congress, it has never fucking mattered. So I would like to know what will change. Now, I, do, I did learn that local elections and local officials have some power in changing some things that are important. So I do see the value in that. But my problem is every time... Somebody gets put in office, they change. They take the money. They do whatever the other motherfucker was doing, they took their job from, and starts fucking us over regardless because everybody is about money. Everything is about money. So I would love for someone to come on this podcast and let me know why I should vote and how it is important and how they, I'm seeing that they 107,000 votes in Georgia or reneged or refused for some bullshit and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. They're literally just taking votes from people saying, oh, you know what? Your signature doesn't match the signature that you wrote, you know, 10 years ago when you got your driver's license. So we're not going to let you go. Oh, you know what? You don't live at this address anymore. We might not know if this is really you. So your vote doesn't count. There's so many loopholes. You see President Trump, he, he didn't win the the, the popular vote, he won the electoral college vote. Like, what the fuck is this system really about? And, and I, I'm a firm believer in this country never giving you the education or the information to overtake it. Ever. They will never give you keys to the car. They will never tell you how to win in this country. Everything's a lie. And until a fucking president, a judge, a governor, a mayor... A somebody that 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 looks like me gets on TV and says 9-11 was an inside job, you might not get my vote, my nigga, because that's gonna tell me everything I need to know about you. If you still covering up 9-11, how do I know you ain't fraud? How I know you ain't catfish, my nigga? Everybody knows it was an inside job. Why don't politicians talk about things like that? Everybody wants your vote. You want my vote? It's going to take some real nigga conversations, and I don't think nobody's ready for it. So I don't know. I got till Tuesday to figure out, and so do you guys. I'm not telling you not to vote. I'm telling you, I don't know if I'm going to vote. I got to go all the way to Georgia to vote. Oh, I'm still a Georgia resident. So I got to mail my shit in or go to Georgia to vote. I'm not sure that I've heard anything from anybody that makes me want to. And I would love 
for you guys to educate me and let me know why I should when you listen to this episode. Alrighty then. So what had happened was my guest is finally available. Let me get him on the phone real quick and we're going to have a dialogue about voting. And since he's in the music industry, well, you know, family-wise in the music industry, we're going to have some music dialogue as well, some fun shit. So just you guys hold on one sec. Isaac Hayes the third. Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Um, we've been trying to link up today. Um, you told me you were doing something with Obama. Explain it to me. I saw it a little bit on social media, but what's going on with Obama in, in Georgia this week? He's coming to Georgia to do a rally for Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is running for um, governor. Ge- governor of Georgia. Yes, I've, I've seen it all over social media. The name, I actually had somebody from her camp call call me and texting me and asking me to vote. And I'm just like, what the hell? These people got my number. How is this happening? What's going on? It's a grind. So I was just talking to my listeners and explaining to them, you know, I vote, I voted in the past. And the main reason that I voted in the past, not going to lie to you, is because we didn't have the right to vote in the past. And there were a lot of people that died for my right to vote. And so I always felt that it was a duty, regardless as, you know, if I believe in the system and what's going on, that I should still vote. Then then I see Donald Trump get into office. I'm seeing a lot of people getting into positions that I feel like there's a lot of cheating going on. Like there's a lot of scamming going on and this country has not been honest with us and truthful about our system and how flawed it is. So I just kind of was like, you know what, I'm not voting anymore. And now I have a lot of people barking down my throat saying, go vote, go vote, go vote. Why do I need to vote if everything seems to be the same all the time for people that look like me? Well, where do you live? I live in Florida, but I'm a Georgia resident, so I got to come to Atlanta to vote. Well, for one, well, I mean, well, since you live in Florida, though, and you're a resident, you should encourage people in Florida to vote because Andrew Gillum uh, has a chance to be um, a black governor of Florida. Right. And his policies are definitely for the environment, um, energy. It's things that we don't pay attention to that mm-hmm. affect us like way down the line. It's almost like um, a ripple effect. Like he wants to, he could immediately sign an executive order to abolish staying your ground. So all these young black men that get mm. shot in cars and people pulling out guns, Trayvon Martin, like like George Zimmerman would have immediately gone to jail. They, they, they would have they would have gone down that way if there was someone like Andrew Kelly in office because there would be no more stand your ground law. He can effectively eliminate that. So he, so he has that kind of power immediately, or does that take time? No, immediately he could sign an executive order terminating stand your ground in Florida. It'd be over. Hmm. That's very tempting. It's very tempting because I was literally just talking about the fact that I'm a I'm a licensed uh, firearm carrier, and I was saying to people that you know I, I wish somebody would. I would definitely stand my fucking ground because I see white people doing it all the time and not going to jail. So I'm just curious how black people aren't doing the same thing. Well, because black people aren't pulling out their guns in those types of situations, so that's the point. It's like we're not the, the impetus of the um, the the motivation behind these shootings has nothing to do with people protecting themselves. It's just white people want 
shoot black people and feel like they can get away with it. And that's it. And the law is designed disproportionately to do that. It's to allow white people to go free for shooting black people. And that's it. What do you think? Go ahead. For Georgia, I want to shift and say from Georgia, you know, I think the ripple effect of, of what someone like Stacey Abrams delivers to um, the South, number one, is the South has been, you know, you know, racist, a racist region forever, you know. Like, since the beginning, the Confederate flag, everything. Absolutely. So, so like Stacey Abrams becoming the black governor, it kind of expands the um, progressive attitude and diversity that Atlanta has had for 47 years. Now it expands it statewide. Now it makes it something that um, can change the culture of the South. And what that does is change the culture of black people because it expands now the opportunity for businesses, jobs, healthcare, for everybody. The way that Brian Kemp wants to run things in Georgia is he wants to he wants to whiten it up. He wants to make Georgia white again, keep it white. He wants to um, uh, create, um, make uh, a abortion. He would sign the strongest abortion legislation ever, outlawing abortion in the state of Georgia. Um, he wants to sign anti-discriminatory uh, LGBT legislation which will effectively force Hollywood out of Georgia. Um, so all the business that come there, people think that, that they don't care about Hollywood being in Georgia, but don't think Money. about the millions, the millions of dollars that Hollywood brings when people come to the hospitality industry and stay in these hotels, eat this food, the Uber drivers, the places that all the other, um, all the uh, venues that get rented, that get shoot all these films there, films there. So they bring so much money into Georgia that it's not about the Hollywood believe we, we don't we don't want to lose our stars. We want to keep the economy going and grow that. So it's so much more than just that. And she could be the first African American female governor in the history of the United States. That's what I was thinking too. I never even knew that there was ever a female governor. Has there been? Yeah, there's been a female governor. Never a black female governor. Black I mean yeah, black female governor. I, I didn't oh, think no, there has never. ever been one. No, that ain't never happened. No. So I mean, right, it, 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 you know it, and that's 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 the, that's the Atlanta, Georgia way. If there's ever going to be a black female governor, the first ever, it's going to be in hmm. Atlanta, Georgia. This is where it's not going to happen somewhere else but here. So let me ask you this. How often do mm-hmm. governors run for office? Well, it depends. It, it changes per state because sometimes governors can continually run. I think up to three terms sometimes. Governors run in, in Georgia for about four-year terms in a maximum of two. So she could be governor for eight years just like a president, would be president for eight years. Did she run four years ago? No, she didn't run four years ago. No, okay, so uh, this is a, okay. four years ago. Now, one of my biggest fears is this. I see a lot of people that are for us and look like us, and then when they get into office, they turn into the same money-hungry, greedy, following whatever lobbyists want them to do type of people. How do you know that these people that we're trying to vote for and put in the office aren't going to turn on us, like a lot of people have. Well, I think, I mean, the legislation that she wants to pass, some of it is going to have to be bipartisan. So it's not going to be a cakewalk. And so she's going to have to be held from all sides of the aisle. That's why voting for your senators and the secretary of state and all these people that they put in office are very important. And I think the agenda that... Um, that Abrams has is not anything that is something that she would 
about. It's about mm-hmm. expanding Medicaid and health care for people. It's, it's everything that the Republican Party is for right now, outside of the fact that it's just blind rolling to on side and fear mongering and hate and racism that they're, that they're trying to stir up to get their base to come out and vote. She's literally trying to change the culture as a black woman and as a liberal Democrat in the South. So she's not, she's not in it just to, just to get into office. That does nothing for her because she wouldn't win in four years if she ran again. So it's, it wouldn't, it, it's not going to happen regardless. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, you know, her policies are going to stick and she's going to make sure that she gets what she said done. What do, you, what do you say to people like me who don't believe Republicans or Democrats? I don't believe in either side of it. I believe that it's just politicians. So people are always like, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? I always said I was a Democrat because it appeared that the Democratic Party was for us, was designed originally for us, but it all seems like since we've had this, these two major parties, Nothing has changed for us. Like, do you think that there's been anything that's really changed? I mean, we had Obama in office, but I just feel like a lot of things that we want and we need are things that we shouldn't be needing to vote on or or, or get people in office to change. There's just certain humanity, humanizing things that are just not happening for us. It just seems like we're begging for a party to do things for us that should just be natural if you're a human being. I didn't vote because I don't want to vote for Trump or Hillary. I don't like either one of them. Yeah, the emails is what scared me. It's actually just there's the fact that she's a liar, honestly, and most politicians are. But the things that she lied about scared me. And the things that Trump was honest about scared me. So I was just like, shit. <laughs> but you have to, but not, not participating at all 
is like voting for the worst candidate, right? So if Trump was the worst candidate, so without voting for Hillary Clinton, regardless of whether or not you agree with her or not, you can't even vote to Trump. Yeah, but he still won regardless, and he didn't even win the, the, the popular vote. Like, I feel like the but system is rigged. No, the system's not rigged. I love the Electoral College. The Electoral College is fair and balanced because what it does is it doesn't allow a large section of people to be disenfranchised and left out of the conversation. If there was no Electoral College and you went by the popular vote, all candidates would have to do is campaign in New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, Texas, and California. California. They wouldn't have to go nowhere else because we're just going to, we're just going to go to the states with all the people in them and get on the votes. So that's it. And then the, the, the entire rest of the country, like, no one really gives a fuck about us. Like, no one really cares about Arkansas, Colorado, or Utah. They don't give, like, no, it can't be that way. So it's a, again, it's a collective. We collectively all have to do our part. So if, if, if Maine don't do their part, and Georgia does their part, it don't even matter. Everybody has to hold their own and pull their own way. Do you agree that our system is completely flawed, though? Like, it needs to be, like, changed as far as voting, because I'm seeing, a, I saw something that said 107,000 votes in Georgia were like declined because of stupid like reasons. They're basically trying to steal the vote. Yeah, but but they had two. There were there were 35,000, and there were 54,000 votes of, of those those votes that were um, that not allowed. Both of those cases went to court. The, the Democratic Party sued Brian Kemp, and he, he lost both of those, and those votes have to be counted. So okay. 80,000 of those 100,000 or so votes have to get accepted. The people that took those provisional ballots that got turned in. So, no, absolutely not. That's the point. It's the Republican Party. The Republican Party is the one that's doing all the, all the voter suppression and trying to change districts. Because here's the thing. They understand that the ideology that they represent is going extinct. This, mm-hmm. this elitist, this elitist, strictly all-white, make America white again ideology that Trump is pushing is a dying breed. It is on the way out. The future of America is integrated, it's progressive, it's fair, it's balanced, it's informative, and that's the problem. It's like they have a problem with that, and their mm-hmm. reality is there's nothing that you can do about that in the next 30 years, 20 years. Even that, minorities will outnumber right. uh, people of color, outnumber white people in the United States of America. That's a very scary thing to people like Trump. And I, and I think people have to understand that that's, that's not anything that black people would view any differently if they were in that position. If you've been winning for 400 years, right? You won the national championship for 400 years in a row. And all of a sudden, you're about to start losing championships. That's you know, everybody's going to freak out. You're like, wait a minute, we win every year. You know, becoming a... Because the transition from being a majority for 400 years to becoming a minority, that's not going to be an easy no, process. That's not going to go over well. People are going to, you know, do the things that happen this week, send bombs and try to shoot up synagogues and really freak out. And it's mm-hmm. nothing that, it's nothing that, the only thing that we can do about it is continue to push forward through the turbulent times and get to the other side with balanced leadership, with women in positions, Latinos in positions of government. Black people in positions of government and white people too together. So it's like, no, there's nothing that there's nothing you know that's going to be easy about this though. So it's just the Republican Party is on their way out, and they just have a problem with that. They're going to have to change their ideology. They've gone so far back to Trump. They've been so hard with Trump and Cameron and this attempted rape and trying to 
trying to close borders and ban Muslims and brutality against black people, they, they, the whole party's going to have to change. They've done themselves a home that they might not be able to get out. They fought themselves 10 years with Trump, but that's about it. I don't know if you, I didn't expect to ask you this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. What is your opinion on 9-11? Because the reason I'm asking you this is because I feel like, I, I know for a fact it was an inside job, but I've actually never heard a politician, a judge, a governor, a mayor, or anyone say it. But we're all supposed to pray for the victims of 9-11, but we never discuss why they were killed. How come politicians aren't honest? How come they're not allowed to, I guess, speak freely? Is it because they're afraid to lose votes? Um, well, I mean, absolutely, but I think it's also the, the I don't know. What I know that happened on 9-11 is the United States of America was attacked, right, by, uh, you know, terrorism. Whether or not they took that as an opportunity to take advantage of fear and do things, I don't know. Like, you can't call that. I mean, like, I think that, I think Regardless, most publications are beholden to their constituents. I mean, seeing it, with the, like I said, with the Supreme Court nomination, you have women voting for a guy that, that they heard another woman and testify in court with, you know, potential perjury. Right. And they absolutely let this man such this soldier and they still vote for him because they're trying to keep their jobs. Mm-hmm. So I don't but that's my point is when you see someone make a move like that, that their entire community has to get up and vote those people out of office. Well, I might come to Georgia to vote. I actually got a layover over there Sunday. I might stay. Yeah, that's what Stacey Abrams people told me I can do it before then. They told me I can mail in something as well. Yes, so I'm I'm, going to do it, okay? I'm going to do it. And I'm gonna hope for the best. I've I've also I've always wanted like probably in the last ten years I would say I've wanted to run for some type of local government. And you know why? Not a local government, local official is because I've always wanted to uh, fight for legalization of marijuana. That's what that's what's important to me. That type of shit right there. That's how you get my vote. <laughs> Not a lie. California did that. Yeah, but see how poor that is to poor people and white people. Mm-hmm. Yes, because like, we're the ones that can't. We're the, we're the ones that a majority can't bail out, even if we're not even guilty of a crime. You lose your job when you go to jail for something you didn't even do. Thank you. So it helps with employment. It changes the course of people's lives. So make sure you get out there. Make sure you definitely come. I'm gonna vote. Okay, I, I, I okay. I'm going to vote and. Um, I might need some help because I keep uh, I keep seeing people telling me like there's certain amendments like there's an amendment four for Marcy's law that I thought was a good thing and now I'm hearing it's a bad thing and it's like how do you decipher who's lying and, and the loopholes and in the in the structured writing it's so confusing. If you go to the hashtag the Blue Wave GA, if you search the Blue Wave GA, 
you'll see you'll see a graphic that I created that goes exactly who to vote for, every official, and all the amendments. So just look for it. Okay. It's the Blue Wave. Your advocate, GA. The Blue Wave GA dot org. No, just the Blue Wave, Blue Wave GA. GA. Hashtag. Hashtag. Oh, this is on Instagram. Yeah. Oh well, y'all done made it easy, boy. I swear. Let's swing over to another topic that I wanted to talk to you about. Considering your father is a fucking legend, by the way. May he rest in peace. He's my God. I mean, congratulations on getting the rights to his music back to his family. I tagged you on a post about that when I saw that. I was like, wow, okay. Because I know how the industry is. The music industry is really, really fucked up. And the artists are always losing constantly. And every time I see somebody get the rights to their music, I'm, I praise it because I feel like it's like a win for our artists and artistry and musicians. Like, you know, it's sad what the music industry is right now. And it's really just, it's unfortunate. But the, the other thing is, we got, we got artists like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj constantly beefing on social media. It appears, it appears on, on my end of it, and, and I'm, you know, I'm a huge Cardi B fan and it has nothing to do with her music. It has everything to do with somebody that's being themselves 24-7. Like, I don't care if she never makes another hit. I just like the fact that she has presented Cardi as herself and has never fallen out of character, has always been herself through music or, you know, without music. Nicki Minaj is, um, I don't know who she is. She makes great music, but I have no clue who she is as a person. So it's hard for me to connect with her music. And that's something for me. In order for me to listen to somebody's music, I sometimes have to dig deep and figure out who they are as a person to connect to the music. And I am not able to connect with her. But what I keep noticing is to be such a great artist, she is constantly going at Cardi B, somebody that's up and coming, rising, doing amazing things in an industry where Nikki has ran it for so many years. She's won every award for like the last six, seven years. And we finally have some competition for her. And now it appears that she's not capable of handling competition. Yeah, absolutely. So what's, what is your opinion on these two ladies and their beef? And they've officially squashed it apparently, but you never know. But what's your opinion on what's going on between these two uh, stars? Well, I mean, I'm extremely hard on Nicki Minaj for the fact that she has positioned herself as this star, but without competition. And the first time that's a real competition comes along, she's trying to chip away at the um, the integrity or the position that this artist has with the fact of whether she or not she writes her bars or, or mm -hmm. all, this, all this little silly stuff. And my point is, is like, the music industry is an entertainment industry, right? Fact. It's art, it's art, it's entertainment, and it's business. So the hip-hop purists out there, that is something that exists outside the confines of the music industry. If you want to put the hip-hop conversation in question, there's no doubt that Nicki Minaj would be better in between the two because she writes her, writes the majority of her lyrics so or more lyrics than she does with Cardi B, and that's fine. The issue is, when you get into the realm of entertainment and we're making money, and we have fun, it doesn't matter. You're just putting out records. Never so mind. these people are trying to quantify or qualify art. It's either for you or it's not. There are no rules to making records. There are no rules to how you make a no. You know, so you can write the whole song or somebody can write the whole song for you. If you sound good on it, that's all that matters. And this is the, one of the things, one of the, the big questions, the, the big comments that I have about hip hop. 
They don't have mm-hmm. voices that sound like Biggie. They don't have voices that sound like Drake. They don't have voices that sound like Cardi B or Andre 3000. They don't. It's the signature tone. The tone that Kendrick has. They've been great rappers, but it's like, no, they're people that you never heard. You've never heard anybody sound like Trench since Trench. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's all, or nobody sound like Pac since Pac. So that's the point. Yeah. So, it, it, so that's, the, that's the thing that we leave off the table all the time with hip-hop is the artistry, the actual DNA of what a rapper is. Yes. I've had these arguments with people that are like big time hip hop, you know, people that follow everything. They know everything about every artist. And I, the question I've asked them constantly is, why does it matter who wrote it? And they're like, it's the integrity of the, the art of hip hop. And I say to myself, what are we in it for? Are you in it for record sales, for entertaining people, for making them feel good about themselves, for partying? I don't get why it matters. And then for Nicki Minaj to be someone to call her a fraud, well, her um, her homeboy, label mate Drake, is outspoken about not writing all his bars. Does she feel the same way about him? Does she think he's a fraud? Well, I think nobody does it all alone. Right. So that, that conversation is on point. It doesn't matter. It's Creation is a collaborative effort. You go in the studio with a producer, with an engineer, yourself, some of your friends, everybody throws ideas to the table and you make records, you're not going to always write on your bars. And there's been so many other rappers that have come along, had other people write stuff and do stuff for them that, that have made great records and it's never been an issue. So I don't worry about none of that shit. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's all music, man. If mm-hmm. it makes you dance, you love it, and you're having a great time, the message comes across and it sounds good, who cares? That's exactly what I think. Now, last question. Do you think that they will ever truly squash it and maybe do a song together? Because I feel like it would really be good. I feel like those two together, I, like they did Motorsport, which really wasn't out a song together because as we found out later, it was a lot of beef and, rec- and lyric changing and, and it was already drama. Do you think they would ever get to the point where they can both just genuinely fuck with each other and and do a song together and like like maybe go on tour together or something. That's a tour I would well, go see. My question is, why do people have to? Hip hop is also competition. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, it's okay that they're competitive, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't it doesn't have to get ugly and petty. But hell, if I was, I mean, Nicki Minaj has never had a hot one hundred number one single, and Cardi B has gotten three in the last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. That, that should make you want to go if we can imagine going to the studio and bust her ass. And mm-hmm. she can't do it, and she can't do it, and, those, and that's just it. Like, no one, no, one, no one wants the Golden State Warriors and the, uh, 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 the, the, um, uh, the Lakers or the Boston Celtics all get together. No, we want to see this competition. It's competitive. So mm-hmm. who cares? No, they don't have to be friends. I don't want no, to not friends. Play. I'm just saying do music together because I like when greats no, get together. Fair enough. Like Michael Jackson and Prince never did no records. They never did one song together. Well, they also are very different styles of music. These two are pretty similar, except Nicki um, is a barb and she she brags a lot, and Cardi gives a lot of real lyrics, like real like shit that I feel. I've never heard Justin Timberlake and Usher on a record. I've Mm -hmm. never heard. Um, I don't think I don't think Rihanna and Beyonce been on the same record. They have nope. like real like dual. Hey, but it's cool. It's okay to be competitive. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be like, yo, you got your lane, I got my lane. That's totally fine. But no th- shoe throwing, no disrespecting children. 
We don't have to take it that far because people are giving Cardi shit about how wild she acted. And I don't think people understand when you're a very territorial mom, that's the least I would have done for a shoe at a bitch if she disrespected my child. Trust it would have been fade on sight, my nigga. Like, I don't think people understand that. Like, it's, it's different when, when you're child. And she's a new mom, too, and she was going through postpartum. I think people don't give her, give her a break. You know, like, she's actually out here being herself. She, you know, and that's what I like about her. You know, and I just wish I knew who Nikki was. I wish I knew. I wish she did a song about being hurt by somebody or, or you know, something that, that makes us get to know her. her. It just seems like every song is about how amazing she is, how perfect she is, and how everybody wants her. Does, is it, have you ever been rejected? Have you ever got dumped? Have you ever been mad? Like, give me something to, that I can feel. Right. And, that, and, that, and that's, that's Nikki's dilemma. She's not a very relatable person. People relate to Cardi. She's an underdog. She's very real. She's a mom now. She's a wife. She's been through things like Nikki. Not I think she's jealous. Right. So she just have to figure it out. Like, let the, let the barbs with her have their, their, you know, their section of the universe. Cardi will continue to do what Cardi does. Well, the barbs need to buy tickets to shows and, and shit because I've already heard all the rumors that Nikki's shows ain't selling like like they supposed to, the albums ain't selling like they're supposed to, but they be online just ganging up on people. And I'll be like, damn, I wish, I wish they would. I, I be, I will sit back and pop some popcorn and sit in my own mentions and flame these niggas. Cause a lot of them are fake pages anyway. Yeah, and it's just a whole bunch of just they're crazy they're people. Still on my page today. Today. Hey, never letting you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good entertainment. Well, I'm going to let you go. I know you have a lot going on. And I appreciate you joining me. And I'm going to vote. I'm hey, going to I'm do it. Make sure your ass go vote, though. I am. <laughs> I'm going to vote, especially since I'm a Georgia resident still. I'm going to vote for for sure for Stacey Abrams. I think it will be very cool and, and monumental for a black female to win that race. That would, that would be crazy. That would be crazier than Andrew Gillum winning in Florida, believe it or not. It really would. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> we need some titties in office. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. No problem. All right. Peace. Isaac Hayes the third joining me. For those of you that don't know who he is, you are crazy. Well, maybe you don't know who he is, but his father. Please Google his father. Most of you millennials probably know his father from South Park. So... Google Isaac Hayes if you haven't already and educate yourself on how amazing and incredible his father was and some of the musicians that he worked with in the past as well. I know I haven't given you guys any sports info. I was going to skip sports today and try to focus on election and voting and all that kind of stuff. But I did want to, you know, talk to you guys about some of the things that happened in sports in the last seven days, like the fucking Boston Red Sox beating the Dodgers. Congratulations, you bitch-ass niggas. My problem is this. Okay, obviously I'm not a big baseball fan or watcher. I, I don't pretend to be any of that. Um, I am a Dodgers fan, and the reason is because obviously I'm from L.A., so I cheer for, you know, majority L.A. teams. But every time I watch the games, all I noticed was the Red Sox fans and their team all talking shit about the Yankees the whole time and it's like are you guys obsessed with that like why are the Red Sox so obsessed with the Yankees I don't care about the rivalry 
You're in the World Series and they're not. They're, they should be in your rear view. Why are you guys looking back? Why look back at some niggas that's not even in, in front of you? And that just seems very weird. I don't think that I've ever seen a fan base or an organization constantly chanting about another team while they're in the championship. It's almost like if the, the, the Warriors were chanting something about the Rockets last year. Like, why? When they're playing the Cavs in the finals, why? Why are they even important? You've clearly proven that you're better than them this year. So which is a little weird, but congratulations to y'all bitch asses anyway. Fuck y'all. Oh, hopefully we see y'all next year in the, in the World Series. Um, Dominique Rogers Cromartie retired. Yep. He, he didn't do it at halftime, but he retired um, last week from the, the shitty-ass Raiders. 11 seasons in the NFL. I mean, the only reason I'm even bringing this up is because I love him. He is really good. He is a really good corner. I don't think he gets nearly the credit that he deserves, and I believe it's because he played the game his way. He didn't do the shit that the NFL wanted him to do. He did it his own way, and I wanted to say send a shout-out to him um, and, and send him blessings on the rest of his uh, life because football, people think, like, this is your whole life. No, it's not. It's generally sometimes three to ten years of your entire life. It's not your whole life at all. And he did 11 years. So anybody that did 11 years in this industry is a soldier, in my opinion. So um, happy retirement to Dominique Rogers Cromartie. Um, what else happened? The Bills, the Bills uh, fans, the dick throwing Bills fans striked again. They threw three dicks on the field um, in the Packers and Bills getting Packers. Patriots, Bills game. And the Bills fans have, they, they, it's starting to make me think there's something wrong with y'all. Because when we play for the Dolphins, the one thing they did to us every fucking home game was whatever team hotel we were staying in, they pulled the fire alarm in the middle of the night every year. Every fucking year at the team hotel. And having the hotel evacuated in the middle of the night just to fuck with the players. Like, y'all some dirty niggas. And I ain't, I wish, you know what it was. The, the, the Patriots grabbed them dicks and fucked y'all up and down the damn field with those dicks because they, they beat the shit out of y'all all the time so i don't know why y'all throwing dicks out there why they fucking the shit out of you with them bills fans are probably the worst fan base in football and that's probably why y'all lost all those get those super bowls too ha 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 uh packers patriots this sunday um the two goats these two are the, the arguably the two best quarterbacks of this generation um, if I had to choose one and not their team or their coaching staff, if I just chose one player, it's no question is Aaron Rodgers. It's no question in my opinion. Aaron Rodgers is a better football player than Tom Brady. Does he do everything better than him? No, but he's an overall better football player. He doesn't even have the Belichick scheme. He doesn't have any of that. And he's still a fucking soldier. Like, he's never out of the game, just like uh, Tom Brady is. There's no shade to him. It's not like I'm saying Tom is a bum. It's 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 a toss-up. And if I, it was a toss-up, I'm picking Aaron Rodgers. And um, sadly, he's he's always injured. If somebody else is injured on his team, or, you know, there's just always some fucked up shit going on with the Packers, which stops them from, you know, getting to the, the promised land, a.k.a. the Super Bowl every year. But... This Sunday will be our Super Bowl, Sunday Night Football, Patriots, Packers. And I know a lot of people are picking the Patriots, and I am going to pick the Packers. 
I'm going to say Packers win this game um, in a shootout. Uh, I think there's at least going to be 60 points scored, considering how the NFL is today. Can't touch either one of these motherfuckers in the game. So hopefully we get like us a 40-48 type of game. Packers win just because it's no, it's no shade on my part to the Patriots. Whatever. Don't get mad at me, okay? <laughs> uh, Hugh, Hugh was fired. Hugh Jackson, about time. Shout out to Browns uh, fans. You guys didn't deserve him. I don't understand why they fired him now when they should have fired him last year when he won no games and the year before when he won one game. And it's like, it makes no sense to me even worse that they hired Greg Williams to replace him. I just feel like the NFL is so backwards and so full of shit. You know he was the guy that ran the bounty gate where the, the Saints defensive coordinator was told telling all the players to take take off the head and physically assault and injure players to win the game. And he just quietly got suspended and kicked out and then quietly got back in, in position to be a head coach once again. And I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm saying he's a shitty person. And he shouldn't be coaching if he's ever told players to injure someone on purpose. Like, he should be banned from coaching for doing that, considering all the fucked up things that are happening to players and their, and their head and all the injuries. And so the NFL is constantly showing us they don't care about the players. They don't care. But Hughes should have been fired. There's, there's no wrong in that part at all. Um, what else happened this week? Oh, Clay Thompson set the NBA record 14 three-pointers in 27 minutes. He had 50, 52 points total. Jesus. Warriors had 92 points at halftime. And Greg Popovich said that a three ball and the way that Steph and Clay play the game isn't real basketball. It's just a learned and perfected skill. Um, Pop has a point. He has a point in the three-pointer really being something that if you practice it like a motherfucker, anybody could hit the shot. Anybody could hit the shot. However, that's not the only part of Clay and Steph's game, especially Steph. Steph Curry is amazing. Steph Curry would be the number one point guard in the in the NBA if he actually played defense and had a little more athleticism. He's very skilled with dribbling the ball, passing his IQ, his jump shot is ridiculous. Um, he's an incredible basketball player. Maybe the three-pointer isn't real basketball, I guess, but you can't disrespect or shade the fact that both of these are ballers. Klay Thompson is the one that has to guard everybody. You know, he got to guard LeBron. He got to guard Westbrook. He got to guard whoever the dog is on the other team. And so to discredit his game and to just kind of say he's not real basketball, I, I can't elaborate on exactly everything Pop was saying. That was just a little piece that I read. But don't ever get it fucked up and think that the three-point basket is not important to the game. It has revolutionized the game. It has changed the game. And is the reason that all these teams are able to play small ball the way they are. And that is the way of the, the league. That there, There's no need for a center anymore. And that's probably why Popovich is upset because he is a fundamental guy. And he expects a one-point guard, a, you know, a shooting guard, a small forward, a forward, and a center. And the game is no longer that. It's no longer that anymore. And we've got to move on with the times like music. 
It used to be about real MC and people writing their own rhymes. And now it's entertainment. It's about making money. It's about making hits and selling out shows. So we just have to continue to go with whatever's happening or be left behind for the most part. And even those pop, you know, the, 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 the type of basketball that he loved to coach and succeeded in is no longer here. I promise you he's still going to succeed. He's an amazing coach. He has a great IQ as well. And I'm sure he's going to figure out a way to make it work and get back to the championship that he's already had before. So it's like, you know, no shame. It's, it's just, you know, kind of like the old people that are saying, you know, things about the, the millennials and the new generation. It's the same thing. But fuck the Warriors at the end of the day. Fuck all of you guys. Fuck Brent Grimes for being a fan and always laughing in my face at how amazing his team is. Whatever. Teron Lou was fired uh, this week as well. I don't get it either. I don't get it. Like, I know they started, they got their first win yesterday. They beat the, the Hawks, which says a lot about the Hawks. They need some help. Even though they got the little young guy, they, they look pretty rough over there. But why fire him now? Why didn't you fire him when LeBron left? What did you think was going to happen when you got rid of LeBron and didn't replace him with something? It's damn near the exact same team without LeBron James. So I don't understand how anybody anticipates them winning more than 20 games this year if they don't go do something. They don't want to pick up somebody. No, no, nobody can coach that team. You're going to lose. Yes, everybody's a basketball player, but you have LeBron James literally filling up your stat sheet for the last few years, and then he leaves, and you do nothing to replace him, and now all of a sudden it's Teron Lou's fault. Now, I'm not saying he's the greatest coach in the world, but he was good enough. He was good enough with LeBron there, so you should know you need to go get somebody close, somebody that's a dog, somebody that's a leader that can fill up the stat sheets. You didn't do your job in the offseason, so now you're trying to blame Teron Lou for being 1-6 all of a sudden. I don't understand that. Cleveland is out here having a fire sale with their coaches. And this shit is entertaining. I can't, I can't lie about that. But I still don't believe that Teron Lu should have been fired already. Let him finish the season. Give him some players. Go pick somebody up. Go make some trades. Go do some shit so that he can compete. You're not going to compete. The, the East is, is nice now. Toronto's nice. Boston is nice. Milwaukee is nice. Man, that is not Teron Lu's fault at all. And I don't agree with it. But what can I do? Last but not least, I'm going to uh, play an interview from Eric Reed. I was so happy when I saw Josh Norman talking shit and trying to defend Malcolm Jenkins. I've been telling y'all for a long time that Malcolm Jenkins is a fucking sellout. And I've been asked to be quiet. I have a three-hour interview with Michael Thomas. And hopefully one day, he'll, I did this interview over a year ago. And I'm hoping that one day he allows me to release it so that you guys can hear it. But Josh Norman, for those of you that don't know, Josh Norman came out and, and tried to come at Eric Reed for calling um, Malcolm Jenkins a sellout. And he took it personal like somebody said his name. He said, Malcolm Jenkins, you dumb fuck. Your name wasn't mentioned, but all of a sudden you feel in a way. You a hit dog, my nigga. That's what that is. Hit dogs. How? So you took offense and thought he was calling you a sellout as well. Now, I know this because I'm, I know people involved. The coalition was a whole bunch of fraud the entire thing was a fraud 
and they brought in a whole bunch of people to make it look like it was legit and then got rid of the guys that started it. The guys that started it, Kaepernick, Reed, Malcolm, um, Michael Thomas, they started it and got put out because they didn't want to take the money to shut up. And that's the problem. A lot of people will take money to do what the fuck ever. It's part of the reason I, I don't vote. It's because politicians and officials in office do anything for money, just like everybody else. And I don't like it. And so when you see Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick saying no to the coalition, that doesn't mean that they were trying to outdo somebody or be the leader. No, they know what it takes. It's not Money is not going to change our situation. It is never going to change our situation. We have to change the laws. We have to change the rules and our rights and the people that are, that are punishing us. That's what's going to change. $5 million to a coalition does nothing. And for those of you that think that the, the shit they sign is actually helping our community, please take a look again. It does nothing. Listen to Eric Reed, matter of fact. On my way out, I appreciate you guys. I love you for listening to my podcast. Please, as always, pass my link around. Show your bitch some love. I'm out. Peace. Through the meeting, Bob McNair says, I think the elephant in the room is this protesting. Uh, Terry Pagula follows up with, yeah, I've already lost two sponsors for my hockey team. We need to put a band-aid on this and we need a black figurehead to do it. Um, Lurie, Jeff Lurie, the Eagles owner says, yes, uh, we can do more for your communities than you can ever imagine with our resources. Bob McNair then says, yes, just make sure you tell your comrades to stop that protesting business. So we leave that meeting. We reestablished internally, sorry, that we are not negotiating the end of the process. If they want to help black communities, then great. I will give my advice and my opinion on how I believe they could do that. Um, that all changed in November when Malcolm called and asked me if I would stop protesting, if I would feel comfortable ending my demonstrations, were his words, if the NFL made a donation to the Players Coalition. I tried not to blow a gasket and tell him no. And then he asked me, well, how much? How much would it take for you to stop? So I ended that conversation with him. I told the other players who were involved the coalition um, the content of our conversation. We then removed a couple players, myself and I think three or four others, removed ourselves from the Players Coalition via tweet. I don't know if y'all saw that. Um, that Sunday, Malcolm stopped protesting. I think he said something along the lines, I think it's time for everybody to stop protesting. And he didn't protest the rest of the year. The following May, the NFL and the Players Coalition finalized and announced their deal. And less than 24 hours later, the NFL changed the policy on kneeling, changed the anthem policy within 24 hours. So um, 
Terry Pagula got his black figurehead and Malcolm in the, in the Players Coalition. And 25 hours later, they changed the anthem policy requiring all players to stand. Um, and that's where my frustration comes.